Welcome to Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast presented by AKG. Just as one revoices a chord, Revoicing the Future creates a completely new perspective on the invaluable notes that make up the whole. It will uplift women's voices in the music products industry, which have earned their time to be the root of the chord. Once a month, you can catch productive and valuable conversations with women working in manufacturing, retail, the nonprofit sector, music education, touring, and overall women who inspire us. Together, we can help shape the future of our industry, one interval at a time. This podcast is co-produced and edited by Natalie Morrison, Stephanie Lamond, and Julia Olson. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Revoicing the Future. I am your host, Natalie Morrison, and I'm here with the entire Revoicing the Future team. So hello to Stephanie. Hi, I'm here. And hello to Julia. Hello. And we are here with the ladies of True Peak Hour podcast. So welcome. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm Crystal Jerez, part of True Peak Hour, and I'm joined with my co-host, Jennifer Ortiz. And we're so excited to be joining you guys today. We are an audio engineering focused podcast while also promoting women's issues within our industry. So we are super excited to be collaborating with you all today. We're so happy to have you. Yay. And that actually, do you want to share about what we are at Revoice in the Future for the True Peak listeners? Yeah, so Revoicing the Future is a monthly podcast that was created to provide a space for women in the industry to learn and grow and hear from each other's stories. We want to amplify the voices of the women in our industry and give them a space to learn from each other. And yeah, we've been around for three years now, and it's just been quite an amazing journey to go on. And we are technically the podcast from Women of NAM. Yes. Say that as well. That's actually how we encountered your podcast was after we attended NAM, or maybe right before we got an invite to a roundtable discussion on like Zoom. And we connected with so many people that worked with mostly like women that were in the merchandising field. And it just like opened up my eyes to like how many similarities we have between the different industries but still the overarching like music industry. And I was just worried. I was like, oh my God, you guys experience this too. Even though you're not dealing with artists directly Mm -hmm. in this sense, you're still dealing with that within your business, within the hierarchy of your organization. And yeah, I'm glad that it, there's a community at least where we can all share our experiences. Yes. I love that. It's so exciting. I know you and Julia met and that's kind of how we all came together. Yeah, Julia, were you part of that too? Can you tell us that story? Yeah, so I got to meet Crystal because of Stephanie. And so I met Stephanie at a Woman of Nam event back in 2019. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you and I exchanged emails. We're like, let's be friends, literally. And (laughs) you had sent me an email like, hey, there's this really cool org called women's audio mission and they do some really awesome stuff for ladies check them out so I check them out I go to their website and I was like oh there's an events tab what kind of events are happening and I see that there is an event in Nashville and I was like that seems pretty cool so I get my ticket to the conference and while I'm there I'm just introducing myself to the ladies around me and one of them was Crystal 
And so her and I started talking and you told me about being an audio engineer and had finished her master's. And I was like, this girl is super cool. I need to be her friend and stay in touch <laughs> with her. She's cool. And so her and I stayed in contact through social media. And then you sent me a message and was like, hey, let's do an episode together. We're both doing this podcast thing. So why not sync up and do something together? So here we are full circle. And I get to introduce two of my friends to each other and have this whole community pal event. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Through all of the resources that exist for women in music. It really is a really good time for all of that. I always think about totally. that. Like we... Like for a women's audio mission, when I wanted to learn how to engineer, I knew where to go immediately. We're so lucky. Mm -hmm. We're still working on it, but there's at least a huge network of people doing this and connecting each other. And so because of that, we're all doing it and we're connected through other people doing it too. That's, that's really special. Yeah, it's so different. There's like a plethora right now of all these different communities and they're really specific too. Mm -hmm. whether you're a producer, you're an engineer, you're a songwriter, there's a place for you. And I feel like when I first started, there wasn't a place for me and yeah. we had to make our own place. And sometimes that place was like filled with just myself. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so fun now to have friends and not be like advocating just for myself alone. Now when I know other people can experience the benefits of advocating for ourselves and it's just like more than just me now and it feels wonderful. Yeah, especially when you go to these events. You see familiar faces again. All these communities are starting to morph. Yes. And yes. it's cool. That's oh, how yeah. we met. <laughs> we met at a really? women's oh. audio event yeah. that one of our friends, her name is Crystal too, yeah. she was having with you. Yeah, yeah. So I know we follow each other on yeah. social media. So I was like, oh, they're having an event and Crystal's going to be there. So I was like, I have to go meet her finally. Jenny made me feel real famous because she was like, <laughs> no, I remember because I, I was like, am I hallucinating? Like, what's this? <laughs> and she came up to me and she's like, oh, my God, are you Chris? So I was like, yeah. Even though the event was put on by two Chris, so I was like, obviously, <laughs> I'm one of them. But she's like, I've always wanted to meet you. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's great to have these places where we can meet, especially after the pandemic, where you feel so isolated. Now, I just went to an event this past Sunday that was for women in music. And like you said, I saw so many familiar faces. A lot of these faces are people that I'm Instagram friends with for like over five plus years. But now I feel like I know them. I'm like hugging them. And I'm like, oh my God, how are you? How's your dog? It's just such a right. welcoming community. And I'm That's really grateful so that we also are contributing to it. Yes. You know, making our own platforms or revoicing the future. We're using our voices to really just talk about these things and let mm -hmm. other people know that they can be a part of it too. Yeah. It's cool, too, because at the NAM show this year, again, with this idea of different communities coming together after being isolated from a pandemic, the Women of NAM event, the happy hour that they did, there was like 300 people in that room. And it was just a really wild experience to stand there and just look around and be like, oh, my God. And how much it had grown. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. And just knowing that there's a space there. Now, when you walk down the halls at the NAMM show, you look, and you're like, I know this person. I know this person. I know you. And it just feels like a nice little warm blanket knowing that you have a community with you. Well, and I like what you two brought up about the social aspect, because like I know and remind me how long you have been doing this podcast too after this, since we were kind of a pandemic era begun thing. And so much of Women of NAMM stuff, like it was already going, but very much in the summit. So like one time a year with a set amount of women in this thing. I think social media has been a really 
interesting and really important tool for us growing these networks. And especially I think the pandemic era just catapulted it. And especially for women in music groups, like we have all become friends from afar online so that when you meet people at these events, like you're saying, like I feel that exact same way that I know I have so many friends that I've never met, but we've all just been cheering each other on from everywhere around the world. And it's really unique. And that just struck me as an interesting tool that I don't think we think about all the time, but I think was a big part of making these networks that are so supportive too. There's never a feeling I've never felt of like, oh, there's not room for everybody trying to do this work. Because like you said, it's so niche too. Everybody has their own. So there's really no feeling of competition either among women in music groups. It's just like, oh, the more the merrier. Let's keep growing. Mm -hmm. Let's grow and let's do it. So it's just interesting to me how social has been such a tool of that. And then now it feels like a homecoming when we do get to Mm -hmm. be together. Yeah, I think the biggest part too, if you're looking back at all these organizations, including our own, we're making opportunities for ourselves because these platforms didn't exist. And mm-hmm. I think that's something specific to our industry. It's like you have to advocate for yourself. So we felt like there wasn't anything specific to audio engineers that are freelancing, that are working in the music industry, that are working with rappers and R&B artists every single day. Like that's what we are specific to. And we decided to start a podcast together. And apparently a lot of people had similar experiences or even wow, that's like a really good advice that you guys gave us on that episode. Like I never thought about that. And if I can save someone the headaches that I've experienced, like I am like grateful to do that and forever like trying to help people in that sense. I feel like it's just like making sure others learn from our mistakes. I feel like that really drives us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a firm believer in that too. I think it's really cool how you approached the creation of your podcast with empathy, but also confidence. And how you realized, hey, there's an area that isn't being filled for ladies in audio, but also just freelancers, generally speaking. And then you filled that void because you wish someone would have done that for you. But you had the confidence in knowing I know what I know and I can fill this and save other people the headache. Like you said, I think that's really special. As ladies in the music industry, I think that's something that we're really good at and we're able to lean into that conversation a little bit more. And then when we do meet up with people who are doing similar things, it's not like, oh, you're my competition, but you're my pal. We can support each other in what we're doing and we can mutually elevate one another up and help each other with what we're doing. Because at the end of the day, we have the same goal. Yeah. And I think, too, that some of that stemmed from like frustration of not being asked to be on certain podcasts. And I would see repeatedly like the same like five engineers in L.A. rotate on these different different platforms or like get asked to speak at this panel as like the same few and I'm like, it's like, Jenny. you know, so much about them already. You're yeah, just like, like okay. yeah, I can't be telling the same <laughs> story. Else? Yeah. Because it occurred to me, even after I went to the Wham in Nashville, I'm like, wow, there's so many recording engineers in music that are women that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't get highlighted enough. And mm-hmm. I have so many of my friends, you, Crystal, Jasmine, I'm like, they are not given the same platform to share their tips, their tricks, their experiences recording this artist. Like, why is that? And it's just because they're not seen and they're just no one's reaching out to them so that's like why we came it was almost like out of like I don't say spite but it was like you know what like I'm gonna give my friends like an opportunity to speak on their experiences because they deserve it and they're even more deserving in my opinion than some of the folks yeah get asked exactly yeah I mean everybody has different stories not everybody records 
Beyonce. You know what right, I mean? So right. it's like it's cool to hear different stories and and different events that happened in the studio and problems and troubleshooting and stuff like that and how they solved it. And then you can take tips from them and, you know, make sure you don't run into the same yeah, issues. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's also individual too, right? And so you need to hear a million different people doing it to hear oh, yourself yeah. in an amalgam of every one of those little puzzle pieces to be like, okay, right. that sounds like me. Build your style, build your workflow. It's so important. I love that thought too. Like, right? You said it's not spite, but there's so much of that feeling that's like, huh, so I'm going to just do it. Like, I don't know what that feeling is, but that is such a driver and I want to have a name for that. Like, what is that vibe <laughs> that we can like call it? It's not necessarily even like boss lady energy is kind of, I don't know, but there's a word for it. It's just like, well, I'll show you. And that's such a big driver for me, unfortunately, because it's just like a lot of people have been like, oh, you can't do this or I don't think you're capable. And I'm like, I know what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't know, I will go to the bathroom, read a manual. I'll be right back and I'll come back with, (laughs) yeah, you just press this button. Like, thank God for Google. Yeah, I think it's that. And it's like sometimes some of my biggest opportunities have come from people just assuming that I couldn't. And uh, yeah, it's weird that that's what happens. I don't know for me, that's such a big drive. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's also important to note that, yes, the industry is big, but it's also very small, but it's big enough where there are so many aspects and different sides of the industry that all tackle different topics. And there is still room for people to have a voice in this space to create a space for their specific market of the industry. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing because it's not just one person. We're all working together for the same end goal, essentially, but we're all doing it in our own unique ways and everyone's voice is valid in that. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to celebrate. The team aspect is something that just doesn't get highlighted enough either, even for us as engineers the idea that a songwriter is working with the producer, is working with the artist, who's working with the recording engineer, who's working with the mixing engineer, who's going to work with the mastering engineer, mm-hmm. who's then going to work with like a marketing team yeah. and, you know, people at the label. So many people go into it and everyone's experience is different, but the end goal at the end of the day is going to be the same. It's going to be to get the best product, which is going to be the music out there the best way we can. And even though we're all having a different role in there, It's so important to share our own experiences during these stages because it contributes to that final end goal. Mm -hmm. It's fun to think about what can be transferred. And I wonder if there are things that are more ingrained on the business side, quote unquote, the corporate side that aren't in the freelancing side, as we think of ourselves maybe more as creators first rather than business people. But you have to be both anyway. Natalie, is there anything that you think you learned coming up in the business business that everybody in terms of self-advocacy, any kind of freelancer person that has to be an entrepreneur as well in their career can borrow from the business side? I think one of the biggest things that I've learned about myself is knowing what my boundaries are. And I wrote this in an article that I got published recently in a trade magazine, but just knowing that you are in control of your own destiny, essentially, and How you get there is up to you. It's not up to the person that you're reporting to or anyone else. If you see a path for yourself, you go after it. Don't wait for someone else to open that door for you. You have to go after it yourself, but also like know what your limits are. So when I first started out, I was like, oh my God, I obviously, I put so much effort into everything that I do. That's 
how I operate, who I am, but at what cost? <laughs> like if it's the weekend, if I'm on vacation, like turn it off, like separate yourself, learn how to have a life, but also still work and do what you love and going after the things that bring you joy and help you grow even further. So any of those professional development experiences that are going to push you to like learn more about yourself and what you're into and what you're good at, not good at. (laughs) That is awesome because that reminds me too so much of something we were talking about when we all first connected. Because that's such an interesting thought because I feel like when you're in business, business, you have a very clear perspective, right? Like you work for a company, like you are doing this for this. And that's something that is a little harder to have when you are a freelancer and you are working for yourself. And so that's interesting. That is something that we can learn from. But one thing that we talked about too, when we were all first connecting was that motherhood was something that kind of helped give that perspective for you guys. You can find it outside of say, I work for Diderio, right? You find your thing that gives you perspective outside of it, but that perspective is so important to know when to turn it off, how to structure your lives. Can we talk about that again? I loved how you were talking about that. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say it's almost unfortunate how long it took me to set my boundaries. I've been working in this industry for 10 plus years, but it really took me being a tired and postpartum mother with like sleep deprivation and, you know, figuring out all those things to really set boundaries with clients. Because I was still trying to work the way I used to, which was mm-hmm. like letting clients call me anytime, text me, FaceTime me. And I just remember I was sitting, I was putting my son to sleep and this client was FaceTiming me and I was like, hey, I can't answer. I'm with my son. And then they kept sending me like voice notes mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I can't really listen to them. I'm putting him to sleep. And I had already told him like, hey, like any notes or anything, just send me an email And all these voice notes were literally just to turn the Tom up in the mix. (laughs) It was not urgent. You know what I mean? It was not like you needed to FaceTime me to tell me to turn the Mm -hmm. Tom up. And it was the Tom up like 1DB. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like really at that moment, I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm either not going to work with this client again or this is going to get blocked. At that point, I almost felt like babysitting. Like I'm a therapist. I just like couldn't do it. So just like being upfront with like my boundaries, like I'm not going to answer your calls at this time of night. I just can't be available to you at all times because I, I'm just not capable of it right now. And my priorities are just different. And it really took motherhood to just set that up because those phone calls for sessions at 11 PM at night, like I would have killed for that maybe three years ago and now I'm right. like take me off the list like please I cannot <laughs> do a session at 11 at yeah. I'll send you to Jetty <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll take them yeah Jetty will take them but yeah it, t- it definitely took that of just being so tired and also understanding like I couldn't take the same workload I was just I really was trying to function like I didn't just birth a child and then like <laughs> trying to care for yeah. him and it was a rude awakening so now I'm like super selective with who I work with Unfortunately, if it's even a sense of like they're going to be kind of difficult or they're going to ask for like 12 rounds of revisions, they don't really know what they're looking for. I'm going to be like, hey, I don't think I'm the right person for this project, but I have a few people I can recommend to you that might be more available. So it's just like knowing up front, like, you know, those red flags we see, like now I'm definitely taking action on them. And there might be my red flags. They might not be someone else's red flags, but they're my red flags for the way my life is right now. Yeah. It's so interesting that you're talking about red flags too, because I feel like we're in a time right now where we're seeing people who, I don't know, have grown up in whatever industry they're in 
they started working really young, coming out and being like, this was my experience. This is not okay. Like, this needs to change. We're seeing it with all the early 2000s Disney stars. Like, all of those people Mm. are finally coming out of the woodwork and being Mm -hmm. like, this is what I experienced. Now that I have perspective, I'm in my 30s. I've lived life a little bit. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. But no one was advocating for people at that time to, like, really put that boundary up and say, no, 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 like, let's rethink this. This is not how we should be operating. And I think we're going to see a wave of change in that aspect, which I'm really excited about. I do think it's really important that we as women normalize standing up for yourself. And I think that we can go into the work situation and be super tenacious and say like, I know what I know, I'm good at what I do, and I can get this thing done. But in that, there's been a conversation missed about standing up for yourself, like knowing what your boundaries are. When is it okay to not answer that phone call? Because that's your time. And you get to define that. And I think our generation is starting to say like, hey, we haven't heard these conversations and they need to be talked about. So let's go ahead and normalize asking these questions. Let's normalize setting up these boundaries for yourself and clearly communicating that. And that isn't being rude or offensive. That's just being honest and truthful. And that should be expected in any work situation. You should be able to expect, you know, what are the boundaries of your client? What are your boundaries? And then talking about that. When those boundaries are stepped upon or not even listened to, that's when you start to see those red flags. And you're like, "Mm, actually, I'm not being respected in this situation. And I don't work with people who don't respect me. It's almost like a value, right? As we talk about working with people Mm -hmm. who share our values, like that is something to add to that list of do they respect my work hours? Do they respect how much I can put in? And if not, they don't share your values and you probably aren't a good fit to work together. Especially in the music Mm -hmm. industry, it's like there's no organization, there's no structure. Everybody's just kind of like either doing free work or an opportunity Mm -hmm. or low pay work, something just to get their foot in the door, you know? So it's like if we do speak up more about these events and like issues, maybe we can form some type of structure for like those who are interning and coming into this world. Yeah, those conversations definitely needed. Our last episode we recorded, we talked about value. And sometimes we talk about rates, especially as a freelancer. Like, how do you know what your rate is, right? Sometimes there's no budget. So we have to ask ourselves, what is it going to bring me? And so I've definitely, even now, I've done free work because I understand this is like a long-term project. This client values me. So I might not get paid right now, but I'll get 10 points on the record. Mm. And that's where, you know, we talk about setting boundaries and also speaking up for yourself. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm not comfortable doing this free work, but are you comfortable including me um, in getting some royalties off of this? And that's the business business that Mm -hmm. no one teaches. Oh, no. Audio engineer freelancers. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I've learned definitely on my own through some mentorship I've learned. But I always think back like, man, if someone actually taught me the business business while I was in school or just on top of learning how to do like patching tables, like, hey, this is how to negotiate 
your like contracts i'm like man i'd be so much better off yeah now than I exactly was. so it's scary to go into these conversations like negotiating any sort of contract but when there's really no example on how to do it because people are also scared to oh, like definitely. talk about like how many points did you get yeah. like, are you getting points like yeah. wow you brought up points like we i'm totally open like yeah. I, I let people know like message me i can talk you through it yeah i'll ask you other people like, how'd you navigate this exactly yeah i think we're in a space where it has to be an open forum so that we can all elevate together mm-hmm. and we're not alone everyone's doing similar <laughs> things and going through similar things and it's okay to ask for help you don't have to do it all by yourself that is something that i have learned where i am in the mindset of like i'm just gonna do it like i'll just do it <laughs> and move on but then I could be saving so much more time if I'm asking people for help. That's true. Mm -hmm. Crystal, kind of back to what you were talking about too. When things come across that are the free work for now, but you're putting in the points or they just, you know, they value you enough. Because I just had that happen too between a few clients, like where you just know that this is the one that it's okay. These people value you enough or ones where you're like, no, they don't. And like, this is not worth me putting in the extra. Like, is that a gut thing that you have felt in your own careers too, because I feel like I just had that for the first time and I could. So is that tangible to everybody else too, I wonder? I think it's a gut feeling, but also looking at who they worked with in the past. Are they always rotating engineers? Okay, that mm-hmm. could be a red flag. Like, why are they bringing me in now? Like what happened with the past, yeah, past engineers? If it's someone like word of mouth, I have more leniency than to like go with, it's going to be a positive experience because I know people that would recommend me a situation are only looking out for me in Mm -hmm. like the best ways so they wouldn't set me up for something that's like oh this person didn't pay me or they were late on their payment for a year Mm -hmm. which happens yeah (laughs) Um, so like I know it's probably going to be good if it's someone that's just reaching out exactly they're a new artist perhaps and have released no music which are usually the ones that contact me like hey I have no money I'll give you points I'm like that's not going to be super valuable to me at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. I think I deal with like a lot of new artists reaching out and saying like, hey, I want you to mix my song. You know, they don't have a budget. So sometimes or most of the time I'll give them an opportunity. And if they live in L.A., I'm like, hey, let's do this three month trial and let's work it out. And you only have me for three months. You know, I'll probably lay out like let's do one session a week and let's complete two songs in a month. And like that, they know what they're getting at the end. And if they didn't use up that time with me, I'm not going to renew that contract with them. You know, they just kind of go on with what they got. It's up to them, but they know what they're going to receive at the end. And I know I'm not committed to be there and like getting this work for either no pay or for low pay. That's such a great example, too, of how creative I feel like we all have to be in this business stuff. Right. As we talk about that, we never got taught it. One, we never got taught it, but two, it's all just kind of a blank slate anyway. So there's so much creative thinking of that. I feel like that's one thing we talked about too was like payment plans the first time we all connected. Like there's so many ways that you can get creative in still advocating for your value and negotiating that. So just creative thinking in general is such a plus in all this. I mean, you have to. It's like sometimes you find yourself as freelancers with no work coming yes. in and someone might come in under budget or they might not have the money right now. It's like, all right, well, I need some work too. So how can we make it work? And that's that whole negotiation process of like, okay, what can you bring to the table? What can Mm -hmm. I bring? What am I comfortable with? You know, you're comfortable with a three month period, then that's what you're presenting them with. 
I know for me, like I have boundaries, right? So like, I know I just don't even have the time to do anything where it seems like someone's going to flake on me. I'm not going to put myself in that position. So it's pretty much payment upfront or not happening at all. But that took me a very long time to get to that point. And I definitely miss out on work. I know it. But it's like, I'd rather make that sacrifice and like have headaches that will take my happiness away and I just want to be a happy mom sometimes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's the goal. That's amazing. Well, and I wonder what we can teach the business world. I guess I have been in both before, but like, it's just fun to think about what that conversation is. Maybe it's that confidence though, like a little bit, right? It's easy to feel like yeah. you're stuck maybe when you're in the business side and remember that you're not, you still have negotiating power and you have power to determine your own path, right? Now that you've been talking oh, about yeah. lately. And that's something that we have to do as freelancers, but I think that's something that can be taught to the business side in that way. I think just knowing your power and what you bring to the table and what you offer. Mm -hmm. I talk about this all the time, but it's your personal brand. It's who you are. Well, but yeah, like that'll follow you between jobs. You are not defined by the company you work for. Like you are you. And so yeah. your personal brand is what's going to follow you between companies as you grow in your career. If you don't stay there for 20 years, like used to be the norm. Exactly. Also for anyone starting out their career, it's totally normal to do many different things. Yeah. That's normal. And I think that's also not talked about enough too, because they see people who have been at companies for 25, 30 years. And they're like, whoa, it's just like a one-stop shop for me or what's next? Yeah. Am I stuck? Yeah. Well, and that was one thing I told a lot of the Grammy U students when I'd be kind of in mentoring situations, especially for people in that high school, early, you know, late teens, early 20s range, like try everything as fast and as much as you can so that you like it's important to still do one thing really well. But I feel like we all need to try it all to figure out what we like. And so just get in it, like do it all, find what you love. And then you can commit and build that really good full career. But even then, right, it can be in chapters, you can switch from one thing to another, you can find it. Yeah, I think also in the industry, it's like, there's so many snakes and sharks out mm. here. And mm. that's the part where it's like, I always encourage people like, don't be someone's assistant for like more than two years. Or don't be an intern for honestly, like, especially unpaid, like keep that short because they see free work. If they see you're going to do your work really well, you want your name to, you know, be carried well, but there's a certain point where you should be growing. And I feel like a lot of people take advantage of that, especially here at studios where mm -hmm. they're like, this person's going to be a runner for four years. Um, you should not be picking yeah. up people's years, food yeah. for four years. Yeah. If if that's not your goal, if your goal is to be like moving up to be an assistant engineer. So and that's like something that like I think I always is inspired by friends that were in like companies that were getting promoted and like doing things like, OK, there's a path. We don't have such a clear path, but there is still a place to grow. And so. I always try to look back within a year. Okay, like what have I done? Am I still in the same position? I might still be in the same position, but have I gained things otherwise, like more clients? Maybe I went to more events that year and my network has grown. So mm -hmm. like just trying to find some growth in other ways that is not like the equivalent of a promotion or something like that, but some sort of room for growth that happens. I love that. And that strikes me that that's an easy way too to wrap your head around, say, setting and raising your rates. Like if you can define what growth is for you and say what would be like senior recording engineer, right? If we can learn from that, that gives you almost like a third party benchmark that you can follow. You can create it. But at least at that point, when you have an outside definition, they're like, oh, to have worked with this many clients, done this much work. 
I now should qualify for this rate. You can't put imposter syndrome on that because it's just like straight up numbers and what is defined as skill. So that's a really cool tool. It's kind of like having a work evaluation with a supervisor in a way. Totally. But you are both of those roles, right? So Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're Mm -hmm. sitting down with yourself and really thinking through, okay, you know, like what have I brought to the table? How have I grown? Like what you were saying, Crystal, I think it's important to make sure we're holding ourselves to the same standard. It's really just like a staff meeting, right? Saying where has this employee grown? How has this employee continued to add value to my company? And then switching between supervisor and then employee. Yeah. Well, it takes a little bit of the ego out of it, maybe. You know, it's less like, I think I did well, but also less a boss that maybe isn't your right boss, doesn't know your own definition of success and all that kind of stuff. It's like your perfect sounding board if you're self-aware. I love this. I'm writing all this down. Again, it goes back to my earlier point of you are in control of your destiny. No one else can make those decisions Mm -hmm. for you. One of the quotes that was pulled out of this article that I wrote. Plug it. Also, you're quoting yourself. I love this. I am quoting myself because it's such a good quote that I didn't even realize that I wrote. (laughs) No, I'm in love with that. I did that the other day. I was like, don't to quote one of my song lyrics, but and it's you don't do it. We should quote ourselves. I'm quoting myself. I said, sometimes the most fulfilling moments are ones in which you quiet the noise around you and say, I got this. Yeah. Because too often we're in our own heads being like, am I ready for this? What's going on? No, I did this wrong. I do that all the time. And I'm honestly very surprised that I even wrote that because I like wrote that back. It's like the evolved version of you, like you're floating above your body. Like this is what you need. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, I, I did say that, didn't I? Maybe I should listen to myself a little bit more like kind of thing. I feel like I need to say that to people now because it's true. Only you can control what you do next. So be confident in yourself. Right. I think that's part of where we really shine in the industry because yes, you are ultimately responsible for yourself. And I think that self-talk and that positive affirmation of yourself is really important, but we can do that across to one another. So when we're doing these podcasts and we're saying, hey, I've got this, but you know what? You've got this too. And so it's not just me talking to me, but it's me talking to you. And it's you talking to your colleague and your friend and the student that's kind of interested in audio, but maybe isn't sure. And I think it's Mm. mutual encouragement. And I think that if we can continue to do that, then we can actually build the confidence in our industry and we can see, hey, the women who are in music are a force to be reckoned with. They're not just smart, but they're really good at what they do and they're fun people to work with. And we need more of them. And so let's make it more normal. It's like how we evolve beyond the like, I'll show you mentality. And that's almost the future where we don't need to feel that way anymore because like we still do all the time. And if we were to all build each other up like that, we wouldn't need to. Or as we continue to, that'll slowly fall away. I can't wait till we get to the point where these conversations don't really have to exist anymore because it's the norm. Yeah, we've talked ourselves out of a job. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's for sure what brought us to this podcast because when we were asked to actually do podcasts, because I have been asked, it was always like, what's your experience being a woman in the music industry? And I would notice like, okay, it was the only podcast that year that would focus on women or maybe it was around Women's (laughs) History Month. Or like in March. Yeah, exactly. So it was just like... 
no one asked me like, hey, what's your favorite compressor? What's your favorite microphone? How can you be a successful assistant engineer? Like I have like all the tools. I really do. I think I'm one of the best assistants yes. to exist. So like <laughs> if you want to be an assistant, like ask me. But no one was asking. Right. Like, that's why I was just frustrated. This did come out of frustration, but yeah. it built something way more beautiful. It built community. I know now Jenny is that person that I usually go to. When I'm overthinking it, something, I overthink as well. That's me. I get in my own head and I'm like, did I do this right? Did I do this wrong? Mm-hmm. And it's always nice to hear from someone else that's just like, you got it. Like, it's fine. It's not that serious. You're going to do good. Or how about this idea? Like, it's just this is what this community builds is that person or that group of people that you can turn to to just kind of like shake you out of your own head. I know I need it like all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's stephanie for me (laughs) and vice versa (laughs) well we need it that's why the community is so important if you're doing this in a vacuum right there's i mean and mentorship too right because everybody's path is so different if you can find people to teach you and you know like everything we're talking about so people don't make the same mistakes you did even just something like running a podcast selling that stuff let alone having a person that is your individual mentor right it's just so important to not be doing this alone and acknowledge that you don't need to. Like there are resources out there where now you don't need to do it alone. And that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's why Steph and Juliet and I, we the three of us work so well together. It's because we balance each other out in that sense. And we're each other's sounding boards when we need it. And we uplift and support each other through everything. It just makes the work that we're doing for this worth it even more because we're doing it with each other who care so much for the future of the industry and the future of our own personal careers paths. The three of us really do see each other as a team. We're a small team. And mm-hmm. so we have each other's back and we respect yes. each other and we see the value that each of us brings. And so it's not like I'm having to carry this on my own or you're having to carry this on your own, but we're able to help each other out in our different areas. Again, bringing this back to the whole industry that when we can see each other, like you add value to the industry because of who you are, that is something that's really beautiful. If we can just see that teamwork and that camaraderie with one another in the industry. And I do want to bring it back to True Peak Hour because I've been listening to your podcast and I have to say that when I'm listening to it, I'm not just listening to it as like, you're another woman in audio. That's so cool. It's like, these are just people who are working in the industry who are really good at what they do and have value to share from their experience and things that they have learned along their journey. And I'm listening to you because you have value to add to the conversation. And I think that it is easy to just kind of go with the, oh, it's because you're a woman and you do this. But it's like, no, it's because you're really good at what you do. Like everything aside, Quality work speaks louder than any voice does. So I think when you're putting out quality content, that stands on its own. And we can recognize that in one another. But like, that's quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly why we came together. It was just we have really crazy experiences. Yeah, uh, at least our first season, we wanted to start with just like talking about audio. Yeah. Just two nerdy <laughs> people just yeah. talking about audio not realizing it's gonna be like a a show about two females in audio it's more just like we're just talking about audio experiences in the studio then afterwards we're like then we can tap into yeah we're two females engineers in the industry dealing with female issues in the music industry 
Yeah, no, what she said, it's great. (laughs) Verging on just like general feminism stuff, how we're so able to say listening to podcasts where it's just all dudes talking about, say, engineering or something, we can project ourselves onto that. And so in theory, right, someone should be able to listen to a podcast wherein some stuff that is like a female specific problem as woman and be like, oh, interesting, cool. And like find a little bit of help in that, right? Like we need to have both and all coexist. Normalizing Mm -hmm. female specific conversations that dudes can appreciate maybe is a better way to put that. And I say that as a Southern California bred person that uses dudes as a non-gender specific term, but like we just need all of those voices in to normalize that as an intelligent voice. It's not just for, you know, our little niche, like people can listen to all of it. Yeah, that's perfect. Yes. We did an episode last month for a theme around Women's Equality Day, but the person who brought the idea to me was an ally. The whole point was he sees the value that this podcast brings to other people and more men, dudes, whatever, should should also see this as a place to learn about what other people in the industry or what women in the industry are doing to better the industry and then be those advocates and allies for others too. I think that's good too because our audience is male mm-hmm. just because that's the field right now. Mm-hmm. And when we do bring up these issues, we get DMs like, hey, I never thought about that. Or hey, um, I really oh, yeah, like I have a studio and I'm trying to like hire more women. Yeah. What can I do? We're oh, like, well, I was awesome. listening to your podcast and I heard some tips and yada, yada. And we're like, that's a good idea yeah yeah yeah. so it's like even though our audience is male it doesn't stop us from like sharing things that are specific to our experiences because they can take this piece of information and now either adapt it to where they're working how they interact with their clients any assistants that they might have or mentees so it's useful to share your experiences because someone will definitely learn something from it Mm -hmm. That's so cool because that's like in practice too, right? Because we are women of NAM, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. You as a non-gender specific podcast, you're just an audio podcast. And so you're living that, that you are doing that and then just intrinsically sharing stuff. And that's so rad that your audience has been so receptive to it. It's a test case as well. Like, look, this is awesome. This is useful. This is beautiful. We can all support each other. You're learning just as much from this and learning more because you're listening in on conversations that you need to be hearing. So that's very hope-inducing. It's hopeful. It's really cool. <laughs> hopeful and hope-inducing. Hope, hope-inducing. Hope-inducing. <laughs> I'm so going to use that from now on. That's It's heartening. So at the end of every episode, you typically do like a True Peak Hour tips. Oh, Do you guys have any True Peak Hour tips for advocating for yourself or for your female colleagues? Yes. Or best pieces of advice too, right? You've heard from that. I love that all. I can go first. My true peak hour tip. Thank you also for uh, sharing that we do that. My first one would be to ask your peers for advice when you find yourself in a situation when you're doubting yourself. I'm sure there is someone around you that has dealt with something similar. And don't be afraid to ask them. They can help you more than you can help yourself when you're stuck in your head. That's cool. Who's up next? When I have one, I think... Coming up, everybody has imposter syndrome. Don't be afraid to share your work wherever you're at, whether you're like beginning or professional, anything you're doing, whether you're like making a song, recording a 
for the first time using a mic or something like that. Like just share your work because people are like, hey, I want to use that mic or I want to do that before. That's cool. You'll start a conversation with somebody out there in mm -hmm. social media. So don't be afraid to share your work. That's good. <laughs> I can go. Don't be afraid to speak up for yourself and set your own boundaries. I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm. Julia. Understand that you as a human have value that is not intrinsically tied to what you do. And then through that, know that it's okay to clearly communicate what you need in a situation. Whether it's, I need more time for this. I need different resources. I need to not be contacted at this time. You can be really direct with those needs without being rude. That should be expected. Understand your value and clearly communicate. Cool. I have two that oh. just came up. I have one and then I had another one that just popped in now. First one, self-advocacy is awesome. And if you can nail that, great. And make sure there's a foundation ready for when you get the gig. Like have put the work mm -hmm. in so that once you get people to give you the job, you're ready to just go. Which is mm -hmm. something, though, I think that women tend to over, you know, do anyway before. So it almost bears without saying. But, you know, if you're somebody out there that is really selling yourself and haven't done your homework, do your homework. And the second part, it's okay to not take a job that makes you feel gross and sad even if it's going to pay you. Like, trust your gut and yeah. it's okay. You don't need to do it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yay. Thank you guys so much. Thank this you. is amazing. We did it. And so Yay. fun. So how can everyone check out True Peak Hour and Revoice in the future? Cool. So yeah, um, our podcast is True Peak Hour. It's available on Apple, Spotify, on YouTube as well, mm -hmm. most streaming platforms. And you can connect with us on Instagram at True Peak Hour. Any inquiries you have, you can send us an email at contact at truepeakhour.com. And our personal e um, emails and Instagram is also available through that main page. So if you want to connect with us personally, you know, work for work, audio engineering related questions, let us know and we're available. Yay. Awesome. And we are Revoice in the future. Maybe Nat, do you want to share that? Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast. So you can follow Women of NAM on all the social platforms to stay up to date on what we're working on. If you have any questions for us specifically, you can email us at revoicingthefuture at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms. And we put out episodes the second Tuesday of every month. Woohoo! Oh, it went so fast. This is such a lovely conversation. It did. So fun. Well, yeah. Thank you again for having us. Thank you for having us. This was so fun. Yay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Revoicing the Future. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major streaming platforms or visit our website. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date on all things Women of NAM. This episode was co-produced and edited by Natalie Morrison, Stephanie Lamond, and Julia Olson. Together, we can help shape the future of our industry one interval at a time. See you next time.